As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hello, thank you for tuning in to the latest edition of Spin the Rally Pod, brought to you by the fount of knowledge that is Dirtfish.com. I'm your host, Lisa Rose Sullivan, excitedly nearly all packed and ready to go for next weekend's Women in Motorsport Summit at HQ in Seattle, but we'll have more on that later. The sun has just risen on our part of the planet, so also exercising the vocal cords today we have double trouble from the top two on the editorial front from dirtfish.com first up senior staff writer a man whose fingers keep typing in their sleep hello david evans i'm counting hang on a second i'm up to (laughs) i'm up to 12 (laughs) so far this is erc rounds in 1986 come back to me in about 10 minutes I just thought he'd run out of fingers for a minute there. Uh, He's got 12, six fingers on each hand. You just get confused by what somebody's actually doing. Uh, Also in the background there, you can hear the man who's hard on his heels, the youngest member of our team by quite some way. Deputy Editor Luke Barry. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, There were 50 rounds, just to be clear, 50 rounds of the European Rally Championship in 1986. Okay, and morning, we'll come Luke. back to why Sorry. that's important in a moment. <laughs> I was going to say, which is more important, my introduction or 1986 ERC? I would very much go with the latter. So thanks, David. The, that's I, good. Well, I, I mean, the most important thing is that the, the most important thing is that I've counted to 50 at this time of the day. That's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. <laughs> I was I was going to start with the rodent control issue <sighs> that we had, but um, I, I I know that you've been up and busy already, Luke. Yeah, just be careful what I say here in case we've got any rodent lovers or listen to spin the rally pod. Um, but we had a bit of a, well, we've had a bit of a problem in my, I was going to say place of residence. That sounds very fancy. I'll call it in my flat because that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we've had a bit of a problem with mice making an appearance. So last night was the first night of going a little bit more route one about proceedings. So it was a bit of a... Encouraging them to leave. Yeah, it was a bit of a check to see how successful that was or how successful it wasn't. Uh, this morning so partially successful is how i sum it up but we're not here to talk about mice are we have um, you seen any of them yet luke plenty and they, they scare me because they're just they're tiny creatures but they come out of nowhere and they move very quickly so yeah and, and they make a lot of noise very scratchy aren't they are they the ones with the big ears and the big eyes oh. this, this is the thing if you think about them like objectively you, you call them mickey and minnie yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not that bad <laughs> but when you know they're in about your bread and stuff that's not the best so, no, yeah. they're, they're hands very, off my bread. Carrying all kinds of nasty, yeah, nasty, but nasty diseases. Well, no, but, the fact um, that they're eating your yeah. bread, Lee, that's the worst thing. No, well, there is that. <laughs> There's nothing worse than toast with a big hole in the middle of <laughs> first thing in the morning. Um, I think the reason you're counting, David, is that you're very excited, aren't you? It, you're very excited enormously. for the start of the ERC season because that's where we are starting today. Yeah. The European Rally Championship is. It's on. Getting underway. It, it's on. It's happening. It, it, absolutely. But I, I, much as I'm excited, and Luke, you and I, I think we've talked each other into ridiculous states of excitement uh, about <laughs> the weekend ahead. But it is. It genuinely, it's, it, it's been a long time uh, since I think anybody's been quite so excited about a European Championship season. It's built. It's been building since since Monty. Um, at, you know, a bit of recent history for you. The obviously the European Championship was taken over in terms of promotion by the WRC promoter. Two years ago, we started under this, or this time last year, we started under the, the new promoter, um, and it was a sort of step into the unknown, really, because the European Championships had its problems, it's had its issues down the years, uh, and it is it's one of the sport's biggest kind of conundrums. Nobody really knows how to fix it. Um, but Ian Campbell and WRC promoter have taken a really good shot at, at, at fixing it this year. And 
they've come up with a good calendar. Uh, obviously, last year the the calendar was a was a hangover from Euro uh, Eurosport, um, the 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 previous promoter, uh, and I think a number of people had a number of issues with the with the calendar, largely that. A lot of the rounds were, you know, Azores is is in the middle of the Atlantic. Is is that okay? Yeah, it's Portuguese, um, but is it actually part of Europe? Um, geographically, for me, it's not, uh, and it seemed to be for a while. You know, we were a tour of these islands uh, that had obviously yeah. that all paid a lot of money to be part of the championship. Um, but it, those days for me are, are behind us now, and we have to look forward to to what's coming. Starting in, and it's great. It starts in Faf in Portugal this this weekend. Uh, it, it's going to be superb. Lukey, Luke, you've um, seen the bit of paper pushed down the news desk and I, I was reading on the website that you were, you just were trying to contain yourself <laughs> before taking a look at it. Tell us, tell us why you're so excited about this amazing stellar list we've got. Well, it was an interesting experience. I, I tried to essentially, the article you're referencing went out on, on Dirtfish of early last week and... What I was trying to do was, do you know how you get these essentially unboxing videos and the equivalent on social media? I was trying to do the equivalent of that with the written word. I don't know if it came across perfectly, but I knew the end. Everything I'd heard was that the entry was going to be incredible for the first round rally Seras to Fat. And I sort of wanted to tease myself in a way that I didn't want to open it until I really had to open it. And I generally have this feeling that I explained this in the article and I don't know if it's just me. But whenever there's an email that I've been like, for, for good or bad reasons, if I've been eagerly anticipating its arrival, I sort of put it off until the last minute. I, like, don't want to open it. And I don't know why I do it to myself, because it's much easier just to open it and sort of put myself out of my misery. But with this one, I, I kept putting it off until, I think, 12 hours after David forwarded it across to me. Something ridiculous like that. And uh, when I opened it, I wasn't disappointed, put it that way. The entry, I think, for round one is incredible. I believe I'm going to double-check here in EWRC results live just now to correct my math so i'm stalling right now yeah 48 <laughs> entries 40 of them rally two cars which is just mental like i, I honestly yeah. do not remember seeing an event of this standard with so many drivers and it's the quality of drivers that are down in even the 30s on the list so you've got people like pontus Tiedemann at 33 and i'm yeah. like how, how is that even possible um, but to, to touch on David's point about the calendar briefly, if I may, I, I do actually tend to agree. I think the only thing that's maybe missing this year, and we understand there were intentions for it not to be like this, but there is a bit of a gap between round one and two. I think it's about a couple of months between FAF and the Canaries in May. Um, but there was meant to be an event in there. Just for the last minute, it sort of didn't work out. So they're very close to nailing that. But I think the key with all of this, was there's, there's two things that are interesting. One is can this amazing entry be sustained? Secondly, I think, sort of, why is the the hype here now? And I'm sure we're going to get on to that, but it's quite interesting that sort of last year, it was a bit of a, it felt like a bit of a toe-in-the-water exercise for everybody, including competitors, including WRC promoter who were taking this championship on, whereas now, year two, it's exploded. It has exploded, and I think what's, um, ERC seems to be bringing it in, in the uh, terms of, real de depth of competition but that's what we've got with this championship with ERC with it with the list that we've got yeah no we, absolutely we have uh and I think you know like Luke said the real interest here is is how long they can this this entry can sustain itself and I I think it's worth delving back into into the history of European championship and the reason that I was I was counting <laughs> at the at the start of the thing was because European championship has evolved and changed so much down the years uh, and when you look back well i mean at one point it was known as the irc irc was something quite different that was what was started by eurosport um as an intercontinental rally challenge um so erc european championship started in 53 and 53 because it's it's 70 years old this year isn't it so it, it has a huge amount of history and a, an awful lot of events started out in the european championship and for the first 20 odd years it was a really quite a straightforward championship and, and and an easy one to follow and it was the world's greatest championship really because there was obviously no WRC um, and he had early doors you had people like Rano Alton and obviously our own Vic Alford winning uh, Paulie Toyvan and won even Valtorol uh, has been European champion um, 
but I think it was early 70s they introduced this idea of the coefficient uh, and this this for me is where the whole thing just fell apart so I counted in in 86 there were 50 rounds of the European Championship and what they would do is if you had a really high profile event and, and for in Britain that was always something like the Isle of Man it would have a high coefficient so if you as a driver you would always go to the to the high coefficient events because a win there would give you more points in the European Championship okay uh, and then we had stuff like I think the Circuit of Ireland was a, was also an ERC around um, but it was a much smaller coefficient so it didn't really mean anything um, and we had some kind of really uh, obscure events that were European Championship events uh, and it just for a long long time it just didn't really mean anything. Nobody really understood how the coefficients worked, and you know, I can hear that actually. But but I'm I'm guessing that because of um, you know, we we do get very recency bias with a lot of events. We're kind of looking back at a time where it wasn't quite so easy to, also also cheap to actually ship a rally car around the world or around the continent at that point. So it's more important to have more events in different places for people to be able to compete on a on a budget. Yeah, I I guess so. You know, I just I never followed the idea of the coefficient i think it was to just sort of spread the love a little bit and to just give all of these smaller rallies all all across the continent of europe uh, an opportunity to to be included in the european championship it didn't really work um it, it well it didn't you know it just there's no way two ways around it. it it for me it didn't work um but then things did change and obviously like you said least we had uh, Intercontinental Rally Challenge, which started in I don't know around at nine or ten, which was a, a completely Eurosport funded um, breakaway championship, if you like, and the highest profile event of that, of course, uh, was was Monte Carlo for two or three years when when Monte Carlo yeah. opted out of WRC and and ran in 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 IRC, then around thirteen twenty thirteen Eurosport took over the the promotion of the European Rally Championship. IRC ceased to be, um, and and the great white hope was that that I think they binned obviously all the coefficients, uh, and the hope was that the European Rally Championship would would take on where IRC sort of left off. Uh, the the great thing about IRC was that it was full of national importer teams, so people like Chris Meek drove for for Peugeot UK, Guy Wilkes, Skoda UK, yeah. um, and and obviously Thierry Neville in the the Peugeot Benelux team. It was brilliant. And Jan Kapetsky yeah. for Skoda as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it, it simply didn't kind of carry on like that uh, for whatever reason. Um, and for probably another 10 years, the ERC sort of floundered. Um, and the, the events went out to the highest bidder. And as I say, we, we started going off to events like Azores, which it, Azores Rally is one of the most stunning, breathtakingly beautiful events. Pictures were always, so, so long as there wasn't any fog. Yeah. Yeah, but and it was an amazing challenge, and but my only issue with that was that you know for me it wasn't really part of Europe, um, so all of that, and then uh, we we get to 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 where we are or where we were this time last year when WRC promoter took over the the promotion of it, and things had to change. You know, we had to the calendar had to evolve a little bit, and that process has started. And I'd, I'd say you know the calendar that we've got this year is a good one. Um, but there's still some some work to do. What do you think about the calendar, Luke? Do you want to run us through what we've got this season? I can do, but before I say anything, I want to correct David on something from minutes ago because clearly, and it, it's a very biased opinion, this, but I'm going to go with bias. It's a podcast and I've said it's biased, so it's fine. Um, but Monte Carlo <laughs> clearly was not the standard IRC event, David. Rally of Scotland was by a country man. I am from Scotland. <laughs> so we don't often get international rallies Actually, up here. it was, yeah. <laughs> no, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. I stand corrected. That was the most magnificent rally for three years. That was just, it, for me, it was even better than than the RAC, than better than Rally GB. It was brilliant, brilliant rally. You're quite right. Countryside, absolutely stunning. Yeah, here we go. No, it was a, sa- sa- sadly, was. there is no visit to to Perth and Kid Ross this year in ERC, but we do have a mix. Uh, FAF in Portugal this weekend. As mentioned before, we go to the Canary Islands, which I guess is the only sort of island event left on the calendar now. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And that's it. That has the best after party. Oh, does it? It's usually an outdoor outdoor club. It's amazing. You, you yeah. sound very reliably informed, Lisa. A friend must have told you. <laughs> you know, we, we, all, we all went there. We all went there because we had... Um, I, I, there was a problem with my flight. Go. This is why I remember it. My, I was going in to do some um, some t- um, TV, recording some TV for that particular event or, or some video for that event, and there was a problem with my flight going in. So I got upgraded to first class, first class. Wow. Um, going from yeah, yeah, going from Madrid to because I had to bump in via Madrid. Um, and I think the flight was probably about forty-five minutes, or I, it was. A, it was a very short flight, two hours maybe. Um, and me and the lovely Gary, the cameraman, we both got on. We'd both been upgraded to first class, and we were the only people in that whole kind of area. And we did that whole thing because I've never been in first class. Played with the seats, mm. you know, up and down with the seats. Um, <laughs> but pretty much by the time we'd finished playing with all the toys, it was time to get off. So um, <laughs> it, I didn't get the full. I didn't didn't get the full transatlantic benefits of being in first class. I, but, I thought you were going to um, say you drained it of champagne and then fell off it. Well, th- but that was but that was the thing. The flight was out. I think then the flight was eight o'clock in the morning, um, and the rally, the party the night before. We we said, oh, well, we'll just you know we'll just pop along and have have one or two one or two drinks, you know, have an early night. But it was an outdoor nightclub um, under this just beautiful. Um, Canarian sky, which of course they've, they've got dark skies over there. They've got one of the um, best telescopes mm. in Europe because they've got beautiful dark skies over there. Um, but we had they had a battle of the bands at the end of rally party. So they had one band that were doing things like Lady Gaga covers, and then another band that were kind of doing hard rock covers. <laughs> and one band would play literally one song, and then on the other side another another band would play. And then we got to about, um, I think it was about 11 o'clock, half past 11, and they announced that the nightclub was closing, as in completely shutting down for a complete refurb. But they arranged for everybody at the nightclub. They said, right, if you can just follow us. They then walked us down the road to another nightclub, which had reserved an entire area for the entire content of our nightclub. So that we could all just walk in. I mean, literally, probably about two hundred people just walked down the road <laughs> and went into another nightclub, and and the party just went on to the point that one of my colleagues said, "I've got to go and put things in my suitcase now because <laughs> I'm heading to the airport in half an hour." But it, 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 genuinely, because it was beautiful weather, it, I mean, the Canaries are are fantastic. I, lo- I love Fuerteventura; it's my favorite favorite island. Um, good windsurfing there, uh, kite surfing. Um, and just beautiful, beautiful weather. Um, the Gran Canaria is a, very much a holiday island, I think it's fair to say. And it's also the only place that I've seen a Hooters, <laughs> as well, a Hooters bar on the place. Anyway, that's irrelevant. But it is a br- if, if you if you have time to kill and you're thinking, actually, I might go and catch a rally. That's a great mm. island destination to go because you'll get the rally and you, you'll also enjoy um, the whole holiday side it's of a, things as well. And it's a, it's a great it is a great event. You know, I've I've covered that event a couple of times uh and the roads are very very special over there it's it, so yeah. i think you know me moaning about island events canaries is, is obviously a very very spanish event um and absolutely no problem for that at all uh and continue your march through the calendar because we then we then get to poland which is another <laughs> brilliant event yeah, that was a very big detour via the, the nightclub scenery of, of uh, <laughs> the Canary Islands, which I have to say was fantastic. I would argue it was, it's a very important part. It is. It is a very <laughs> important part of visiting any rally. It's a good reason I enjoyed Barbados so much last year, for example. Not just yeah. because of the rally. Networking. Ne- yes, great yeah. word for it. Great word for go. it. Uh, yes, <laughs> Poland is round three. Of course, a former... Oh, beautiful countryside as well. You're going to Poland where, where, where the countryside's just stunning at that time of year. Mm. It is, and the stage... I think a lot of WRC fans might remember Poland, sadly, for perhaps spectator issues and, and vice versa, but it's something they are working to get on top of and, and have improved. But the stages there are, are incredible. If anybody's played Dirt Rally 2.0, you will know and from first-hand experience how difficult it is to actually get through them. Uh, fourth round after that, a few weeks later, is sort of the talk of the town in terms of ERC at the minute, Rally 
Liapaya, which of course will be renamed Rally Latvia next year to be in the World Rally Championship. Round five goes to Sweden. And I think, if I'm going to pick a favourite, this has to be the most exciting event of the season. Royal Rally of Scandinavia, purely because we're essentially taking the old Rally Sweden, plonking it in the summer, and making a massive rally festival out of it. So talk about atmosphere. I think this one's going to be particularly good and I would expect a very exciting entry of Scandinavians Midnight well. Sun that yeah. party's going to go right through it will <laughs> and the rallying of course and the rallying <laughs> and yeah yeah absolutely the final three events uh, kind of staples of the ERC by now Rally de Roma Capitale in late July Barham Czech Rally Zlin in August and then a little bit of a wait before Rally Hungary in October but I'm at the minute I'm looking at a graphic and this, I think this is the key point I think David was making earlier is that the spread of events is is brilliant across the continent. I think the only sort of region we're missing is France or Belgium. So apart from that, it looks like it's... And the UK. Perfectly... And the UK, yeah. Oops, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble with some of my UK rally friends there for saying that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, generally speaking, though, it is a great spread across the continent, which is what we need for a European championship. It is absolutely, absolutely, and that—that's the. Um, I, I think that has been a criticism that has been legitimately levelled at the World Rally Championship in the past. That it, it has the the moniker World Rally Championship, but until recent years, it was pretty much a European event with a couple of overseas, um, a couple of overseas destinations rather than actually the whole of the world. But we've seen Africa come back onto the calendar as well. It's it's massively important for the sport to actually be able to embrace the whole continent. Although I am looking at the map now, and it does look like a kind of a stripe down the middle. Um, it, 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 if we're going to embrace the true rally fans or bring more people back into the sport, you have to take it away from just the same old places, surely. For me, I, I think everything that Luke said is is right there. I still think there is there's quite an Eastern European bias to it still when you look at there's Poland, Latvia, uh, um, Czech Republic, Hungary. Hungary. Yeah, and that's it's it's fine because, you know, that is an absolute hotbed for our sport. Uh, and anybody that's making the, the trip to Mikawaiki in, in, in May will see hundreds of thousands of people. And it is the best atmosphere. Yes, it does bring issues with, with the number of fans on the stages, um, but it's it's just brilliant and it's fantastic to walk around a car park and see see cars from so many different countries. It's brilliant, you know, absolutely it is. But I do I said at the top of the thing that I think there is still work to do with the calendar. I think that starting uh, when we when we start, are we still are we starting a little bit late the the, the second weekend in March? Probably not actually. Um, but for me, the one event that consistently should be in the European Championship and should start the championship is the Arctic Rally. I I, I can't really yeah. understand why we can't manage to make that a consistent round of it. It would be fantastic. You know, every championship needs seasonal differences, if you like. Um, and there isn't really a winter rally. That's something that's missing from ERC. So Arctic Rally, and it's very easy for me to sit here and just, you know, write a little list of somebody make arctic rally happen in the european championship you know it, it, actually pulling these things together is considerably more difficult but i think it, it needs that um and like luke do we have much of a change of surfaces as well no enough because I, i'm not looking at rally hungary which is in october you would would like that to be a dirt rally effectively but again that's on asphalt uh, hungary hungary I, I went when it was at petch which is a different part of hungary and um, the roads in Hungary are kind of, <laughs> they're built for tanks. They're, they're those kind of Eastern European roads that are very wide. I mean, obviously, the, the rally route doesn't take you across those. But it's um, in October, it, it's, a, it's just going to be a hard surface. That, uh, exactly that. Clean least. rally, effectively. And, but the issue for me as well is that, so once we get past um, Scandinavia, the, the, the rally Sweden, or the Swedish round of the championship in early July. July. Um, yeah. We're we're off gravel, um, and and then we've got three tarmac rounds. I would much prefer to see a, a good mix. Um, we sort of we start on on gravel. We do then Canaries, then we're into those three gravel rounds: Poland, Latvia, um, Sweden. Uh, I'd much rather see a, a mix um, because it gives you a much more of a 
I, I don't know, a sort of championship flavour, if you like. Um, is there is there a big enough difference in the style, the nature of, of gravel rallies? You know, Poland, Latvia, parts of Sweden will be really quick as well. So is there a, there's not really kind of an Acropolis of rough gravel uh, equivalent in there, which there could be. Uh, you know, there's plenty of, of, of rough events down in, in southern Spain and, and, and around there. Um, and yeah, I still believe that, that, that there is a British event that, that could well be around um, of the championship. I, I'm trying to remember, but I'm sure the Circuit of Ireland, I think the Scottish Rally was, and the Isle of Man uh, were all ERC rounds in, in, yep. in years gone by. I mean, I remember 19, it was at 88 when Patrick Snyers won the Isle of Man, uh, beat Jimmy McRae. Uh, it was just the the kind of atmosphere around, I wouldn't have been on any of those events, but just reading Motoring News, um, the Wednesday before, and then the, obviously for the report after the event, so exciting. And it added a real international flavour, a real sort of frisson of, of excitement to the likes of Snyers coming in a BMW M3 or a, a Fabrizia Tavaton bringing a Lancia uh, Delta Integrale over it it brought something different to these events um and i think you know we british rallying right now is is very very firmly in the doldrums uh i'm sad mm. to say and and to have something exciting like the european championship would would be great we've obviously recent history we had it with with bobby willis's brilliant brilliant circuit of ireland uh, oh that's amazing which was you know one of the best events that i've ever ever reported on it was sensational um so Bobby's busy as ever working his magic in in many different ways. Um, but if somebody could just sprinkle a little bit over an event in Britain, um, it, it, it... yeah, we seem to have brexited from um, <laughs> all the uh, yeah. decent rally uh, schedules. Yeah, yeah. But the the good thing, the thing that gives us all hope, uh, and lo- more, more, way more than just hope, uh, is the fact that we've got um, Ian Campbell uh, and Sad Marshall. Both very firmly in the in the centre of of the of the European Championship picture. These two guys are essentially running the show this year. Seb Marshall, you know, one of the best co drivers in the world, uh, and and somebody that's utterly passionate about our sport in in the same way that Ian is. They both understand that they've both been spectators, they've both been competitors, um, and they've both run. Probably Seb hasn't run run a rally, but certainly. Ian Campbell has. Um, well, I think you'll find Ian Campbell has run the Rally of Scotland, which well, Luke pointed out yeah. was the greatest round of the ERC previously. And, and and actually was Scotland's second best event behind the Tour of Mull, uh, which actually Ian Campbell ran as well. So the the, oh, well, the bloke knows uh, <laughs> a, a lot about running rallies. And the, the point is, you know, you've got two people who have the sport's very, very best interests right at their heart. Um, and to have those two guys running the championship is is great and it is what's going to drive you the erc on um it's it's another reason to be excited it's a great place to start in portugal at fafe is um you know we have the sprint stage that we've seen in wrc um has kind of made the name famous um who luke are we going to be looking at across the championship to be perhaps title favorite for this i mean you've got a long list to choose from but uh, we've got the reigning champion Efren Yerena. Big job on his hands to retain that title. Yeah, it'll be, a, be a very big job. But I think it's a very, I see it as a very, very good thing. And I'm sure he sees it as a very, very good thing as well for his career. Because not to discredit anything he achieved last year, but I think there was an element of, of firstly, he didn't have a regular competitor because there was Neil Solans last year, but he couldn't complete really the full season. So he didn't necessarily have a, a rival to take him toe-to-toe to the edge. And secondly, for the more sort of casual rally fan, and, and more importantly, I guess, for, for teams in the World Championship, the best way to benchmark a driver is against very established benchmarks. And that's exactly what he's going to have this year with the likes of Hayden Padden, Mads Osberg, both WRC winners in their own right, You've got Craig Breen this weekend. We understand for this weekend only because he's concentrating. He's here because of the Portuguese Championship rather than chasing ERC. But there's so... and I'm not going to list them all. Head to EWRC results if you want to see the, the full list because I could be here for five minutes naming drivers. But it is, it's, it's an incredible <laughs> list of, of people. And this, this is the key thing. 
I wrote this question down on the, the running order and I'm actually slightly frustrated you've come to be first, Lisa, because I'm, I'm fumbling around a bit because I don't really know who to, who to pick out. I was, I was going for your expertise right for that very reason. <laughs> yeah, it's not going so well this morning. It is. Uh, it, it's all the way down, like you say, Luke. You know, you go through your, your temp, you, Johan Bernato, Tempestinis and, and even people like you get Portuguese specialists. Armindo Arujo is back there, Eric Kais. Great, great. Okay, not massive names yet, but absolute potential stars of the future. Uh, and these guys are, are all going to be there. And like you say, you get down. Pontus Tiedemann, 33rd on the intro list. Bernardo Souza there as well. Uh, and Miko Heckler. Strong names. Heckler is obviously the reigning Finnish champion. You have to say, one thing that you want when you're going into a rally is absolute kind of inconsistency of, of, of not knowing who's going to win. Uh, you know, we watched a uh, first round of the Formula One um, championship yesterday uh, and it was entirely predictable. You know, the, the, yeah. the director of the race actually focused far, far more effort on the battle for third, um, which was captivating. Um, but old uh, Verstappen and, and Checo had run away one, two. We're not going to have anything like that on a Europe on these European Championship rounds. There are so many drivers in there, and so many. Tom Christensen, you know, what's he going to do? Um, it's it. You're going to be at the end of the first loop of stages, not knowing what to expect at all. And that's exactly as rally fans. That's exactly what we want. And there will be regional variations as as we go across to um, to. To the Canaries, there'll be an, an influx of, of superstar Spanish drivers. It'll be, it, it's great, you know. For me, it is exactly what we want from ERC this year. The national heroes, I think, are they're brilliant, aren't they? Because they mm. do add as long as you've got a strong core, which we should do this year. Because a lot of the drivers that are sort of the the bigger names that we expect to do at least most of, if not the whole season. So if you've got the local stars against these guys, that in itself creates a, a great story, regardless of any championship picture, because everybody loves it when you can see the sort of local hero come up against the established stars and sort of <laughs> take it to them and potentially beat them. It's always a compelling narrative. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, it's in some way a pointless thing to add. I'm just embellishing David's point, but I, I agree. I think, yeah, the, the entry is very, very, very exciting for, for Faf. I just, as I say, I just hope we can continue the strength throughout the year, and I'm sure we can. It'll be interesting to see who jumps in to the start list for various events as we go through the season. If, if um, drivers are perhaps having a, a, a season they're not entirely planning is perhaps the kindest way to say it. So we've got, we got Craig Breen, for example, um, potentially only rallying this event. How do you think he's going to filter in this weekend? What do you think that is going to... When you do have people that are just coming in for one event, that can really shake things up a bit because it can kind of confuse the mm. the running order, uh, the the pecking order, rather. For me, the interesting thing is he's obviously there for, for Portuguese championship points, but no driver, particularly a driver of Craig Breen's competitiveness, goes to an event like this and goes, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to focus on the Portuguese championship and not see where I filter overall. I'd be very, very surprised if he's not trying to win this rally overall as well. But this is the thing, if he does win or even gets close to it, he's taking... ERC points off full-time ERC competitors so for them they have to beat Craig as well because they need his points essentially whereas Craig doesn't necessarily mm. but he's, he's going to push for anything it's, it's all this sort of stuff his, his main competition if we're going to look at Portugal is Examindo Arroyo that could be his main competition for the rally this goes back to the point we don't know who's going to be at the front we haven't got a clue but I'm quite I'm quite interested to see kind of how much previous experience of WRC Portugal plays its hand here as well because not all the stages are the same but it's, just, it's obviously a very similar region to at least some of the WRC event and I think that's possibly why you've got some names like Gail Inema and Eric Kais doing the rally to get experience of the WRC one as they're doing WRC 2 this year same for Robert Ververs I imagine as well but um yeah I, I think Craig is an interesting prospect Dave will now come in with a much more analytical and interesting point than me so, no, so ab away. absolutely not. I think you're you you don't put yourself down, award-winning Luke Barry. <laughs> quite right. You're, <laughs> you're totally on the money there. Um, and and when we get going in stage one, everybody will forget that Craig Breen is is only doing this opening round. Uh, he, you know, it's all it suddenly becomes 
all about Rally Saras de Faf, doesn't it? Not about the European Championship. Uh, we, we pick up the European Championship narrative once the, the event's finished. Uh, but I think it'll be an absolute humdinger. Um, another interesting point is, obviously, as you said, Luke, we go off to, to Latvia for round one, two, three, four. four. Uh, how many manufacturers will send will send cars and drivers there to get a bit of experience of those roads in time for next year when Latvia moves up to, to WRC? Uh, you've got those interesting aspects all the way through the European Championship. For sure, Scandinavia, Royal Rally Scandinavia, based out of Torsby um, and running through Varmland in, in Sweden, that's very much Solberg territory. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure there will be a, a significant entry from, from that family. Uh, and then on to, to Rome. Um, just a, a brilliant event there. So many Italian drivers will want to come and, and have a shot. Uh, and get in the mix for the final three rounds of the European Championship. It, it's it's great. It's but back to 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 Faf and to. It's like having a you know on TV shows they'll bring in a guest. Yeah. Judge for 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 that particular edition, but I think that's what we're going to see on the calendar, aren't we? We are almost certainly. Um, and to have people like Padden, Breen, Christensen, Osberg there. And and to to really bring to give us to fill the kind of gaps between WRC rounds is is brilliant. You know, for so many years, um, European Championship rounds would just happen almost without you noticing. Uh, you know, you'd get to to I don't know Friday evening, and then suddenly, oh yeah, I forgot it's the it's the such and such rally. Uh, th- there's not going to be a chance of that happening this year. Uh, you know, ERC is is not quite front and centre in the way that WRC is, but it's definitely getting there. It's it's going through the gears, and as I say, with with Ian Campbell and, and Seb Marshall behind it, uh, and obviously with the full power of WRC promoter, you know, this is another thing that we we should we should talk about is the fact that they've got all live, uh, <clears throat> you know, unparalleled coverage uh, of of the European Championship. It's it's sensational. That was one of the things that Eurosport did did really really well there's no denying that that they and that started with with that coverage of IRC back in in the early 10s um or 20 teens or whatever we call them um it was great and Eurosport obviously is known for making good telly good sports telly they did that with the, the obviously Discovery Channel as well um and the the actual programs were were really really engaging um, but I think to have all live uh, for a rally fan on on every ERC round is is brilliant. You know, sadly it does mean there's a whole load less work going to get done in in offices and and whatever what have you up and down the continent. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's definitely some a reason to be excited this weekend. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. What I find interesting with WRC promoters' involvement is how they've managed to essentially ensure that the ERC has its own sort of platform and its own relevance because before, obviously the dreaded thing you cannot have if you're a WRC promoter, you cannot have the ERC one of your championships clashing with the WRC. Because then absolutely nobody's no. going to pay attention if we're honest, are they? Like everyone's like gonna, Spain last go, year. Yeah, everyone's going to go to the main event, and you kind of miss the second part. But obviously this year there are no clashes, and what they've managed to do incredibly is have two rally two championships that are massively appealing and seem to be bringing in loads of competitors in their own right. And I think that genuinely, I know that it can occasionally come in for stick with certain things, but that has to be applauded from WRC promoter because it's. It's easy to look at it and say, well, yes, that there are two Rally 2 championships. Why would somebody do ERC when you can do WRC too? But there's loads of reasons mm-hmm. why you do ERC. I think Padden's a key example. He did not have the budget to do a full WRC 2 season, but he can come and do. Um, I think there's one event he can't do, isn't there, because of a clash in, in New Zealand. But other than that, he can come and do a full ERC season. And there's nothing wrong with doing a full ERC season. It's not going to be particularly any less competitive than wrc2 and for the younger guys if you've got we, we talk a, a lot about the star quality of wrc2 with the likes of solberg and everybody else but if you're a younger driver and you're just learning rally 2 yes it's great to have solberg as a benchmark but realistically winning anything <laughs> to drive like that 
is going to be incredibly difficult. But now they yeah. have the option of going to ERC, getting a bit of experience. And some of these events, as we know with Latvia, have potential to come to the World Championship as well. So it's not even like learning those rallies isn't going to be useful going forward. So I think it has to be commended that they've managed to find a market for both these championships and both should really thrive this year. Mm. There's elements and, and teams that are picking up on that and, and to see um, Motorsport Island, the, this, the Rally Academy that they're running with Josh McAleen and, and Patrick O'Brien, they're coming. Uh, and this is to be encouraged. You know, We need to see ERC a, as a stepping stone towards WRC. It is slightly confused um, because obviously you go from... Uh, would you do you do junior ERC um, and then you'd move to junior WRC then perhaps you'd come back to ERC then you'd go back to WRC for WRC too it, it but is that a problem and I'm, I'm not sure you know well you're you're rallying different events at different destinations you're building your pace notes yeah memory yeah I, I, you know I'm not kind of traditionally we've seen in the last it's almost probably generation of drivers we've seen that you come into WRC, you have to start in junior juniors, and then you perhaps move up to going back donkey's years to maybe what was production car, then into Super 2000, then into, you know, there was that ladder of progression or the perceived ladder of progression all the way through WRC. But now we have to look at it differently that, that yes, we've got WRC, but we've also got ERC in the same sort of stable, uh, and, and we need to see these two championships being interlinked, not just in terms of, of the events. And, and there's a, a really interesting chat I had with Irmo Arva from Estonia and the Estonian perspective of, of, yes, we want to make a deal with WRC promoter. And that means we can be some years in ERC, some years in WRC. That's great. And that sort of that relationship that uh, that these two championships can have for events is really strong. But it's also got to be for competitors. Young competitors coming up and starting out need to see junior ERC as, as, as the start of that journey all the way to the top of WRC. And if it means that one year you're doing ERC, then you're back to WRC, then you're back to ERC, that's the way it is. Uh, and perhaps the time and the days of, of getting into WRC and, and then if you, if you have to step away from WRC, it's seen as a massive step backwards. Those days are kind of gone. Um, you know, Mads Osberg coming to, to do a full season of ERC demonstrates that there is real quality and real relevance to, to competing at this at this level. Uh, and, it, you know, the, the fact that Mads is going to be running MRF tyres is, is really interesting. Another really interesting aspect uh, is we, we're going to have a tyre battle here with Pirelli, Michelin, MRF. Uh, it, it's, a, it's another kind of key part of the story. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all I have to say. Sorry. Oh, well, I, I, as a fan, and I think speaking on behalf of fans and, you know, all competitors are fans as well, it does actually feel that the right hand has been talking to the left hand and has considered what the fans want from the calendar side of things as well. No clashes. You don't yeah. have divided loyalties. We're not diluting the product. We're not, you know, making people um, choose. Um, the way that things are being set up seems to be um, a much better set up for a rally fan to be able to enjoy the sport across the season rather than having to try and condense it all into, you know, make a decision about whether you're watching one or the other. There's only so much video you can watch as well if you're you're watching different events. Um, this is where a radio service has always been handy in the past for different events. If you're working, you can tune in and, and still crack on and then catch up with the video um, on demand a little bit later on. Um, well, hopefully the hype will be sustained for the whole year of that. We will stay on top of it at dirtfish.com. If you want to keep in touch with us, don't forget Dirtfish Rally, hashtag at Dirtfish Rally. That's the way to keep in touch with us. Let us know what you think about what the ERC promises for 2023. Now, a remarkable thing is happening later this week. The three of us are going to not only be on the same continent or the same island, we're actually going to be in the same place because we are all going 
to headquarters in Snoqualmie for the Dirtfish Women in Motorsport Summit. And I have to say, I'm very excited, not only about the summit, but about actually getting on a plane and flying somewhere again <laughs> and seeing you guys. I've never actually met you face to face, Luke. No, we haven't. And it, uh, to be honest, there's a lot of people I can it's, say that It's an enormous disappointment, Lisa, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, Luke. No, effect, no offence taken, David. I, I would say the same if I met myself. But I think it, it, this is what's strange with me is I, I work full time in this industry basically just before COVID happened. So there's a lot of people I've got to know very well on a virtual basis, but not many people I actually have met physically. Um, so yeah, that, that's one of the highlights for me, Lisa. But I almost think we need to set you in a bit of a monologue at this point because this for you, this is going to be your first Dirtfish event in person, isn't it? So that in itself is it is. is massively exciting. But it's it's a massively exciting thing that's happening in general, a massively important thing that's happening as well. Yeah, and um, so we'll we'll skip over the fact that I was a massive Twin Peaks fan when I was growing up, and the fact that Snoqualmie was the base for the film for the TV series, and a whole young generation, David, mm. have just gone what mm. um, and switched out. Um, yes, the, this Women in Motorsports event, um, and I'm very glad you two are coming along to provide content for the website because it, it's very. Well, it just shows how rare it is that we have to have an event to try and get as many women who work in motorsport in the same place to discuss how to get more girls, sisters, mothers, aunts into the sport. And we're not talking about drivers. We're not talking about co-drivers. We're talking about, well, we are, we're including those, but we're talking about mechanics. We're talking about team bosses. We're talking um, just about including as many people in this excellent sport that we cover and an excellent industry that it is as well that there is a career out there for um, any woman or, or girl who wants to move into the motorsport world it is a very accessible friendly um oh, what's the word i'm looking for um welcoming mm. environment and i think that traditionally if um, your only experience of watching motorsport, and I'm, I'm talking to people who aren't listening effectively here, but if your only um, experience of motorsport is from watching Formula One and looking at it and thinking, well, actually, I don't see many uh, female faces covering that event or being um, part of the teams of that. So rallying is very different. You go to a service park and you see women in every rank of job. Now, the, the, the motorsport initiative, the, the Women in Motorsport initiative, is, is to try and make this more normal. And we've got the, the, the panel. I mean, go back and listen to JC Rimmer um, spreading the gospel in the previous podcast we've done um, on Spin the Rally Pod. But it, it's just so important to get just a bunch of women together to just chew the fat, to go over ways that we can make it easier about things that can be done to make... I'm kind of going around in circles here, but it's it's, just I'm, just, I'm giddy about it. I'm <coughs> giddy about it. It's, it's that sharing of experience, isn't it? Um, as well it's yes and just telling stories and and you know the big big thing with this whole the 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 summit is just a celebration uh of women as well in in motorsport and the fact that we've got michelle mouton coming to be with us and we've got penilla solberg and rihanna gelsomino and heather holler and all of these incredible women who have worked right at the very top of their game uh it's it's sensational um, and yeah, it, it is going to be a big weekend. It's going to be a busy old weekend, busy Saturday, uh, but a great one. And, and absolutely want to stay tuned to uh, to Dirtfish.com for. And if, if you are listening to this and thinking this is not something we need, you know, do, do we need to have women being separate from men? It's not about that. It's not a. It's not excluding men from the event, which is why it's important that you guys come here to do a job. So, so if you are listening to this and thinking, well, the women in motorsport content's not for me, read it anyway, and and have a think. Just that this is the whole whole point. We're just trying to um, encourage younger people, male and female, and it is slightly easier for for young lads, I would argue, to actually get into motorsport um, if you've got a sister who has equal skills or a, a young daughter or something like that, then, you know, there is work in the motorsport world that they could excel at. And, and you know, what I want to just say is give it a thought. Don't don't be put off by it. And, and that's what I'm I'm looking forward to, just going and meeting other women. And do you know the other thing about Penilla Solberg, lads, which I just find extraordinary? Her life view is so completely different from mine in that she's grown up in Norway 
where it doesn't matter, it genuinely doesn't matter. And there's, again, excellent article that she's written on the website about the fact that it was a real surprise to her when she left Norway to find that being a woman was a very different experience in different parts of the world. She yeah. genuinely, and, and, and to have that set up in your brain because that's how your country runs mm. is, is remarkable for me because there's so many of us that are still fighting ourselves because we've always brought up with oh go and put your pink dress on and you know go and play with your dollies um, um but but also least there's still all of this everybody i'm sure in in motorsport or a, a, a big number of people in motorsport waited for drive to survive netflix is incredible behind the scenes for yeah. one thing six minutes of, of of a of a woman being on screen what you yeah. know that's yeah. that's an absolute disgrace and yeah. Sorry, you know, that's a, a fairly sad indictment uh, of A, that show, uh, and, and B, that championship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and it's not a real picture of what's actually going on nope. as well, knowing the people that I know that work in, in the top level of Formula One as well. So anyway, don't don't think that if you are not a woman, that the women in motorsport content on Dirtfish.com is not for you. Um, read it. Think about it. Get in touch at Dirtfish Rally. Let us know what you think. I am very much looking forward to uh, seeing you guys. Also wondering how I'm going to keep my carry-on down to just 11 kilos. Um, <laughs> don't think I'll be bringing the Starbucks souvenirs back, maybe. Let's leave point no. in space, though, in case. Uh, I know we had a bit of a conversation at the end of last week, Lisa, and you were joking. You basically yeah. have as minimal as you can get away with in the way out so you've got space for things on the way back absolutely which is genius especially the merch exactly it's <laughs> genius it's genius play but i'll add to that as well i i am super excited to be there for me it's my first time actually going to the rally school which is a bit of a disgrace really you think i've worked for the company for three years so i finally get to see the best place in the world and yeah i would encourage everybody to, as lisa said to read all the content engage with it and as she said think about it because it'd be easy to be say in a situation like mine as a, as a white male where things are generally fairly easy in, in terms of not having to face any stereotypes. But there's things that we can all do to help improve the situation. I think that's the thing I want to, to get across. And yeah, the summit's going to be great. And if you're not there, there's going to be a live stream to watch as well. It's proudly presented at the top of the website. It'll be very easy for you to find. So plenty to get involved with and plenty to engage with after the event as well. And there will be content every day of the month because it is Women in Motorsport Month on Dirtfish.com. And yeah, there's there's gonna be there's gonna be plenty to keep you entertained on Dirtfish.com. All your rally needs will be there as usual. Coverage of the WRC and ERC rounds. You two are gonna be very busy. And oh, I don't even know if you're going to get any sleep um, for the next uh, while because then you're bouncing off down because we'll be talking Rally Mexico as well. That's coming up on the schedule. And yeah, it's exciting. It's going to be an exciting hectic. year we've got. Yeah, <clears throat> certainly is. David, Luke, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, yeah, see you next weekend. See you then. See you on Saturday. Bye.